Yeah, okay, I'm ready too. Alright. Alright, let's get yeah, it. On your cue, fellas. Let's get it. Man, James Harden fits right in with the Sixers. Kyrie might not be able to play in home games after all. And Denver may be getting their stars back right in the nick of time. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? Doing good, man. John, how you living? Doing great. Happy March. Sammy, how you living, my friend? Doing well, my friend. Cannot complain. Well, of course, it's an exciting day in the NBA, or it's been an exciting week in the NBA. So we're going to kick it off with some quick hits, and here we go. So last night, John Morant scored 52 points for a career high. He probably had the dunk of the year, in my opinion. He had a crazy buzzer beater, full court pass from Stevens, caught it midair, and made the shot. And all I could think when I see John Morant is, how exciting is it to see this kind of player in today's era? MVP candidate that's actually super athletic. I think the last time that we've had a candidate of this caliber would be Derrick Rose, where I was this excited. I'm not counting Westbrook, I'm not counting LeBron, that, but within recency, I would say Derrick Rose. So props to Mr. Morant, keep it up. And in the Valley of the Sun, they have lost back-to-back games for the first time all season, losing to the Pelicans and the Jazz. They're trying to navigate through this, these uh, rough waters without Chris Paul, who has a fracture on his thumb. The good news is they are 6.5 games ahead of the Warriors, who are in second place in the NBA in the Western Conference, or in the NBA. So they should have a good enough cushion, but that remains to be seen. And, and Chris Paul is out for six to eight weeks. For your Los Angeles Clippers, Paul George had an MRI last week, and it was good and bad news, we'll say. Progress is showing in his elbow in this torn UCL, but not quite as much as what the team had hoped. Ty Lu said he's feeling better, making good progress, but he's going to need a little bit more time. So they don't have a set return date. Kawhi and Norman Powell also don't have a timetable, though some random whispers came up over the weekend that Kawhi could actually be back at the end of the regular season or at the start of the playoffs. My assumption is that'll happen if the Clippers feel like they can get to full strength and time, but remains to be seen as we know with Kawhi and with the Clippers in general these days, you don't really hear much until something actually happens. So we will see. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to start with our first topic here. Like all the noise is all gone for the 76ers. Like we actually get to talk about basketball for the 76ers, like no more Ben Simmons drama, no more trade drama, no more nothing. James Harden had his first two games with the team. They became victorious over, um, let's see, the, the Timberwolves and also the New York Knicks. What did you guys think of James Harden's debut? So this reminded me of kind of how he came out in Brooklyn after the trade from Houston where team player right away took off his bodysuit all of a sudden looked like he was in far better shape immediately <laughs> i'm not saying that to He's shame fast. he just literally looked way way better shape wise mm-hmm. puts up 27 8 and 12 against minnesota to start immediately meshed with Embiid, which was the part i was interested to see i thought because they're both so ball dominant it was going to take a minute 
and they looked even better in the Garden against the Knicks. Both games on the road. Obviously, Minnesota's a playing team. They're playing solid, but defensively, they're not great. The Knicks have gone back to being the Knicks, so I'm curious to see them against better competition, but as good as they could have hoped so far. Yeah, I agree. I think it is a bit surprising to me that James Harden just seamlessly at this point has just fit in with what the Sixers are doing and Joel Embiid. And I think it's funny with Sammy, he said that he conveniently just starts playing well. But he, I mean, in his defense, he did miss the first few games with a quote injury and hamstring came back looks and good. Started, the hamstring so does his does look good. How, I keep thinking back to that uh, that TNT segment of the draft for the All Star game. He's healthy now. <laughs> that was that was that was one of my favorite segments. But yeah, I mean, I digress. It's just they look good, and the Sixers, like you said, but you said, Sammy, they haven't played stiff competition. They played, you know, some easy competition so far. So it'll see. Let's see how they perform when they do play elite teams with elite defenses. And James Harden is going to have to, you know, play defense and also navigate through those tough defenses. So we'll see how it plays out. But so far, a good start for them. When I think about James Harden and how he's been performing with the Sixers, I just think, the do the last two games make him look that much more worse for his legacy? You have him in Brooklyn where he has the ball stolen from him and then he just jogs up, doesn't really try on defense. And then he's on the corner, chilling, no effort. He's, he's saying he can't walk, he can't sprint because of his hamstring, his wrist, like what Sam was saying. And then all of a sudden, he goes to Philly and his step back three looks good. His pick and roll with MB looks good. He's going to the line, showing that he's more aggressive. And it's just like, where was this? You should never question a player's effort. And I know a change of scenery can do wonders, but for me, James Harden, I think kind of makes him look bad. And also, KD. KD vouched for this man to come to Brooklyn, give up all those pieces, give up their future for his former teammate. And now, no one talks about this, there's a potential chance that he may even lose Kyrie this summer. What? How crazy would that be? Right. And remember the end of the Rockets tenure? Remember the pass to John Wall that went so far behind him that Wall gave him just a look on the court of what the... Are you doing? <laughs> the guy, yeah. we know that guy checks out. When he's done, he's done. He doesn't hide it. Yeah, absolutely. And... I think you're right, JJ. I think it makes James Harden look really bad, but James Harden doesn't care. He really doesn't care. And the thing is, is that it's it's incredible to me how great he looks right now. Like you said that the pick and roll looks good. It actually looks kind of unstoppable. I know they're playing the Wolves. I know they're playing the Knicks. But I don't know what other teams are going to do to stop that because it looks so good. Also, Matisse Thibel being able to cut baseline during the pick and roll like that's almost unstoppable too i don't know how to solve this it looks very complicated for the rest of the east the rest of the league to try to stop these two plus that game against the knicks 
37 free throws combined with James Harden and Embiid? Like, what are yeah, you going to do? Right. Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree with you, Ro, to an extent. My only thing is that we've we've said the same thing about Harden when he was on the Rockets, that he was having yeah. a, an amazing regular season. And come playoff time, he just doesn't perform in those key moments. And so I will reserve my judgment until he can get it done in the playoffs. With Doc Rivers. <laughs> Let's add that too. Do you, do you guys think, like, James Harden and Joel Embiid, they're both regular season, like, champions, right? They know how to get it done during the regular season. We've seen them crumble in the playoffs time and time again. Do you guys think this is the year that they don't crumble in the playoffs and they actually at least reach the Eastern Conference Finals this year? It's possible because the East all of a sudden doesn't look nearly as solid in certain places. It's still the better conference, in my opinion, but Milwaukee looks vulnerable. I think Brooklyn, who knows what's going on with them. Chicago's been injured for the last half of the year. Maybe it will. And the other thing that uh, the fit on was better than I thought, at least so far, I thought Maxi was going to fall a little bit off the map because he no. was the secondary guy. Tobias. Yeah, Tobias has kind of fallen to the fourth option, but Maxi put up 28 against Minnesota, 21 against New York, and he's taking advantage of all the open gaps and all the open space from this pick and roll that they're running. I didn't think he would mesh nearly that well with these guys. So now they are, they have a $35 million fourth option. And maybe this is the year, but like John said, though, Harden needs to prove in the playoffs now because he never has. That's, that's what this is going to boil down to as far as I'm concerned, more so with him than Embiid. For me, personally. Harden needs to prove himself and not choke and not be a turnover king. And B can't be outconditioned by the other bigs. And Doc Rivers can't blow 3-1 leads, 4th quarter leads, 3rd quarter leads. Whatever it may be, Doc Rivers. I don't have faith in Doc Rivers, so let's just get that out of the way. Right. If they replace Doc Rivers, <laughs> then maybe James Harden might have a chance. But JJ, how can you not have trust in the top one of the top fifteen greatest coaches of all time? I want to time? thank you both for this wonderful stroll down memory lane and the Clippers. <laughs> you know, I was I was feeling pretty good about what I was saying, but then JJ reminded me the type of trust issues I have with all three of those guys. So I don't. I don't know, man. There's so many possibilities for this to just crash and crumble, but it's going to be super entertaining going forward. I'm going to take us to our next topic here. So we're going to talk about New York City. Apparently, there, there's some clarification with the, with the vaccine mandate, and Kyrie might not be able to play in home games after all. Basically, for March 7th, they're looking at that date to remove vaccination requirements for indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment ve venues. However, all other vaccine mandates in New York City will remain in place at this time as they are and have been vital to protect New Yorkers. What this means is that private businesses, they'll still have those mac mac uh, vaccine mandates, which applies to the Brooklyn Nets. What do you guys think about this news? To revert back from the last pod, we said that you can never count on the city and the guidelines, especially for something like COVID. And look what happened. Out of thin air, the promise of Kyrie coming back when everything look is looking good, 
now looks grim once again. I am not surprised. No one should be surprised. Talk to him. Without choosing sides in terms of mandates and all that kind of thing, I saw a post on Twitter that someone pointed out that shows that this is getting a little ridiculous in that the way these mandates line up now, Kyrie can actually attend the games. He can be in the stadium. But because he's an employee doing in-person work, he can't actually go on the court. But he can sit on the bench. He can sit on the side. That tells you that something isn't right about how this is lined up. Like, either let him in the stadium or tell him he can't be there. But he's going to be able to sit among more people in the stands than he would be interacting with on the court, per se. And so that tells you that there's just there's a general confusion about how this plays out in terms of the basketball obviously with this it severely impairs where they could have gone i i think at full strength if they got five games in together this team could end up winning the whole thing but now between simmons ramping up his conditioning and apparently having back tightness and we have nothing solid on kyrie there's just way too many question marks and i don't know if we're ever going to see how good this team can be I don't, maybe it's just me, but I don't know how you can have, you. why would you need to clarify this unless you're receiving some sort of pressure from officials or manage your boss or wh whoever, the government, I don't know, federal government or something, because I feel like, right, you would like, you would know this. This is a pretty serious issue. This is a pretty big deal. And so... I don't know, I'm, maybe my, my tinfoil hat is on, but I just think there's something fishy going on, something weird, and I don't know if they're, maybe they're, they're trying to set a precedent, they're trying to plan for something, but I'm still under the belief that Kyrie will play. I've maintained that belief from the beginning, so why, why uh, divert now, right? And I'm gonna still say he finds a way to play before the season, um, or play at home at least, before the season's over. Yeah, I don't know what's what it's going to take for Kyrie to play in home games or what sort of, let's see, a political ninja ninja moves that Adam Silver needs to do to make this happen. But this is not looking good. Like, I, I really think that Kyrie might not be able to play in home games. And like, like you said, like, we might not see the full potential of this team anymore when it seemed like we were in the wake of of Kyrie just coming back and just doing awesome things. It, like the last game, didn't he have like 38 points, something like that? Yeah. yeah, he went off. And just to like piggyback what you guys were saying, the laws and the guidelines are ridiculous, but if Kyrie wasn't a superstar, we wouldn't be talking right. about this. The fact True. that they're trying to accommodate to Kyrie is kind of showcases the power of the superstar in the mm -hmm. NBA. Right. Agreed. It's it's definitely one of those you see the situation and then you sort of follow the money like Yeah. Wait, how much money does how much many how much more views does Kyrie Irving get when he plays on, on the Nick Nets versus not playing? Yeah, it's it's really strange but we're going to see what happens with with all of that. Or Sammy, did you have something to say? Oh, the only thing I'll add otherwise is just to Kyrie's credit given how infrequently he's been playing he's been great all year and i i do have to give him credit where it's due he he hasn't been rusty in any way after missing all the games at the start of the year 
He goes in and out of the lineup. He seems like he doesn't lose a step ever in the, in that way. Just like I would have figured with an arrangement right. like this, it would have just thrown off. I thought he was going to have a worse season too. So as much as it would be nice to see him on the court for every game, like whether that was him getting vaccinated or whatever the case may be with the mandates, I will give him credit for that. For the how unusual his schedule has been this year, he's really played very well. This cack of ball, man. It's that sage, my Must brother. be. Whatever he's burning the locker room. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how he does next time it's against like Cleveland his, based on that. His saging all the rust away. I mean, it's definitely working. But, yeah, I, it is kind of amazing that he doesn't look rusty. It, it just looks like he's well-rested. Like he's a part-time player or something. Moving on. <laughs> Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. The Nuggets are optimistic that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. will be back for the playoffs, as reported by Sam Amick. Basically saying that they have a strong sense that, that they're going to return. I know that Jamal Murray had a torn ACL in April. Michael Porter Jr. missed most of the season due to a back injury. They looked like they were out. Like, this was done. Like, Joker was going to take over the team and he's going to have to do it all by himself. What do you guys think of this news about these two, like, key players coming back for the Nuggets? Well, I'll uh, let you guys talk about the details first. I'll, I'll follow up, but I will just start with, there is one contract that is worth worse than Russell Westbrook's, and it's currently Michael Porter <laughs> Jr.'s. <laughs> Ouch. Go ahead. It's nice that the Joker has been winning them games. And I believe within the last 15 games, they're 11 and four without Jamal Murray. That just speaks volumes about how the Joker's been playing at an MVP level. They are a very scary seed if they do get those two players back. Now it's all about ramp, ramping them up, how they could get a flow with the current construction of the team. But if I was the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, or whoever they face, I would be terrified to face them first round. I agree. I don't think this is being talked about enough. That team, as constructed, 
at full strength, I think could compete with anybody at the top. I really believe that. And the nice thing with them is that if those guys get back full strength, and that's obviously a huge if, they're not going to need as much time to mesh because they've all played together already. So they only need a few games. The only other question, though, is that before Porter went out with his injury, he was not playing well this year at all. So was that because his back was already hurt before he had surgery? Or is there other rust or something in his game he needs to work on? But Murray, to me, is just... I think he hasn't been talked about enough this year because he's been hurt. And... Right. I, I just think a lot of people forgot how good he is and how good he can be on a team that's potentially a... I don't know if they would win the title this year, but I definitely think they could at least make a run to the Western Conference Finals, if not further, because of how well put together that team is. It feels like the pieces fit. So, yeah, I, yeah I, I'd love to see that team get back and play at full strength for the playoffs because it really adds another strong contender and a total wild card to the West. I completely agree about Murray. I think he's underrated for whatever reason, but he's shown that in the bubble against Donovan Mitchell, he went toe-to-toe, and he was lighting them up highlight after highlight. He is, as much as Michael Porter Jr. is kind of an X-factor and he's the added value, Murray is the, you know, he's, he's not as good as Jokic, but he's not far from him, I would say. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I think it's funny that, that, Sammy, you said that people forgot about Jamal Murray. What I think people really forgot, though, was when in when they made that Aaron Gordon trade. And it kind of reminds me of the Suns before the Suns. You know, how right now we think of the Suns. It's like they got so like tremendous chemistry. Everything fits. Every person has a role. That was the Nuggets after that Aaron Gordon trade. I really thought they were a really super scary team that no one wanted to run into. I was like, look out for this team because they look like the real deal. Every single piece fit perfectly and Jamal Murray was at the head of it. True. Right? I mean, besides Jokic. But Jamal Murray really made that thing go when we're talking about getting everyone involved. So if they could get healthy for the playoffs, that's absolutely terrifying. But I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. The Los Angeles Lakers. Bonafide scrub. We're going to talk about them again. They, they hit a new low against the Pelicans, okay? So they, they lost by 28 points. And LeBron James, the Lakers, they were being booed by the home fans. And Westbrook had something to say about it. He said, why would I take it home? If they boo... They can take their butts home. I ain't worried about that. It doesn't bother me none. I can only answer if I take them home. No. But as far as our team, I don't think it's something we got to deal with and kind of move forward. What do you guys think of the Lakers and also Westbrook statements here? John, go right ahead. John, go ahead. Their diary. I I will not start. I refuse. I refuse. You start. <laughs> I don't remember the last time the Lakers team got booed at home, but all, like all kidding aside, but it, w- are we going back here to just the three or four years of the darkness before LeBron came? Like when they were in the lottery each year? I'm sure they got booed at some point. Yes. Anybody? Absolutely. Might be. Yeah. I, I honestly can't remember either. 
And I'm giving John PTSD speechless. <laughs> I mean, just the wheels have fallen off like I never thought they would on a LeBron James team. And I know that team a couple yeah. years ago didn't make the playoffs, but at least he had the built-in excuse of this is a bunch of young guys and I missed, what was it, 25 games or so with that groin injury? Yeah. But yeah. this year, man, just... They quit. They quit in that game. Well, there, there's no other way to put I, it. You... He, you don't lose at home to an under 500 team by almost 30 points unless you're just not trying as far as I'm concerned. I just, I never thought I'd see that on a LeBron James team, ever. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know if it was like necessarily lack of trying. It's almost like the chemistry was just completely off. Like those, some of those turnovers were like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Well, okay, let me let me make a few comments about the Laker players. When you play for Los Angeles, you have to expect to get the critical feedback from the fans. Because the Laker fans, for those that do know about the Laker fandom, they're pretty hardcore. They didn't have a football team for all those years. The main team were the Lakers. And when you have this whole dynasty, and eras of Magic Johnson, Kobe and Shaq, Jerry West, there's a high expectation for you to play. There's now an expectation that you have the quote unquote number two player of all time on your squad with two other top 75 players. And if you're losing to the Pelicans, who has who, CJ McCollum, Ingram, who they traded, a Zion that's to be found. There's really no excuse to be quite frank. And let's be honest, those fans that pay what 25k, 30k, 50k for their seats, they want to participate in the game whether you like it or not. Yes, fans say dumb stuff all the time. They've met threats to LeBron's kids. They've said personal things to Westbrook. But all in all, from what I've seen from the videos, the fans were just clowning on Ariza's gameplay, Westbrook's gameplay, and LeBron's gameplay. And you're gonna talk back to the fans? You know what's the best way to shut them up? You play better and you win. Do it the old school Laker way with Magic and Kobe. Play well and shut everybody up. Peace. Oh. Mic drop. <laughs> Okay, so I've had uh, I've had time to <laughs> tap, uh, to really gather my thoughts and release all the anger internally that I've been feeling, and here's my point of view on it. So the Lakers obviously are bad this year. I think the boos are different than normal boos because they're expected to to be they were expected to to, to contend this year frankly before the season started and they're not even close to that obviously they're, they may even miss the playoffs if we're being completely honest with ourselves to answer your question back when you asked Sammy of uh, you don't remember a team prior to LeBron James I can think of one it was the Dwight Howard Steve Nash Kobe Bryant Pau Gasol Lakers who like this team completely uh, you know underperformed and didn't meet the expectations and it did feel different because everybody expected them to play well and perform. So I have a few takes on this. The Lakers, they're bad. 
Um, in terms of Westbrook's comments, one thing I can respect from it is he's probably telling the truth and he's not afraid to say it. Where he probably it probably doesn't bother him, and it probably you know if we're being honest, he's these are NBA players making millions of dollars. Yes, they want to win, but I you know unless you're guys like Kevin Durant and some other guys who are more sensitive. <laughs> that obviously affects them, but Westbrook he probably doesn't care at all. In terms of him saying it and what he said, it probably you know it's not going to go over well with fans. It, you know, I kind of brushed it off. I'm just in my eyes, Westbrook is not a long-term Laker, and nor he should be. And so it's it's something as if you know, I've, I, as a Laker fan, I'm kind of I'm a little defeated, but at the same time, I've I've come to terms with the fact that. This season is probably a lost one at this point, and it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do from here because LeBron James is obviously in his final year. AD can't stay healthy, which we all expected. Westbrook was obviously a mistake, and the Lakers have don't have a lot of cap room. They don't have a lot of flexibility. They can't really make trades because unless they trade AD and LeBron, and is that something they're willing to do? I don't know. We'll find out. Just for argument's sake. And I've heard Laker fans say this over and over again. Shouldn't Westbrook say, like, I appreciate the criticism from the Laker fans. We need to play better. Why doesn't he go that route? Why doesn't he take responsibility? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good point. I, I think that he should. But I do, and I'm not defending Westbrook. I mean, it, it's going to sound like I am, but... <laughs> <laughs> My issue is... <laughs> He's been asked this question numerous times. I mean, they booed him a lot this season, but he's also been asked the same question. And I, I don't understand that get, it gets pretty annoying. And, and let's be real, the reporters are trying to bait you into saying something that they can twist and turn on the media and make, and make something out of nothing. I mean, fans boo all the time. Even good teams get booed. That's how fans are in the NBA. That's how people are, they're fickle. And if you're winning, you win nine straight, but then you blow a game, like the 10th game that you play, you're losing by 35. There's a good chance that the crowd's going to boo you, even though you won nine games prior to that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. is there any world where you can see that Westbrook starts next season on the Lakers? Yeah, because they have to. <laughs> that's, that's probably the correct answer, is that... He might be the untradeable piece, right, that you're just kind of stuck with. And to answer JJ's question, like, should should Westbrook just take the criticism? You know, after watching a bunch of Russell Westbrook interacting with media in general, I'm going to answer exactly like him in 2013. Y'all tripping. There is no way Westbrook is going to respond like that. He, the he media should, knows. The media knows exactly what they're gonna get from Westbrook, and that's why they ask him these questions to get these candid answers. So there's no way. There's no way he would do that. No way. Even though he probably should, he's not gonna do it. That guy's not gonna do it. So our last topic here, our last actually game here, we're gonna buy or sell on these January to February performances. Basically, I'm gonna propose a team, the record, and ask one of you guys if you buy or sell their performance, basically. For example, JJ is gonna take this one. It's the Milwaukee Bucks are nine and six. Milwaukee Bucks, nine and six. But uh, interesting tidbit about that, that they're actually 13 and 12 for their past 25 games. 
So this is definitely concerning given that the fact they should be winning with that group of players and their past history of chemistry. You have them playing on all cylinders, meaning that no one's injured, only the Lopez brother. But Giannis, Middleton are the ones who should be pushing that team, and Holiday, pushing that team for wins. And it doesn't look promising. Like, Middleton, what's what's going on? I know that's John's favorite player. He was cheering for him last year during the playoffs. And I told John, like, I don't know, man. I don't know about Middleton, but I think I'm getting proven right right now. So sorry, John. Don't you talk Middleton, about Chris. Your favorite player. Don't you talk about Chris Money Middleton like that. And JJ's favorite player, our favorite coach, Bud. Yeah. <laughs> Our next one is the Brooklyn Nets. They are three and twelve, Sammy. So I I don't buy that record for two reasons. One, arguably the best player on the planet right now, Kevin Durant, has been out for most of that. Two, the other reason they went three and twelve took his hamstring and went to Philadelphia. So I think it's a combination <laughs> of, of those two things. But as long as Durant's healthy, that team at at minimum, I think is what probably nine and six in that same span, and who knows what we get out of Simmons. But they've been playing with such a skeleton crew because of Kyrie and because of the injuries that I just I can't see them being that bad. Like, are they are they any sort of contender? Remains to be seen. But between harms, uh, I almost called them hamstring Harden uh, for a second there. Between <laughs> him. And Katie's injury, just that wasn't a true reflection of that team to me because he completely quit by the end of it, like we talked about. So, curious to see what happens with them, but there's no way I buy 3 and 12 as a true reflection of that squad. The next one we have is the Los Angeles Lakers. They are 5 and 10. Man, who, who wrote this outline? We have John doing this one. John. <laughs> you guys. You guys are cruel, man. You know what? I'm not buying this record because it should be worse. How did we beat? Oh man! How did the Lakers beat Utah? I I know that miracles exist because the Lakers beat Utah before the All Star break. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not gonna buy this record actually, at all. I think it actually should be worse based on how we're how we're playing. The next one is going to be the Boston Celtics. They are 12 and three. I'm gonna take this one. And you know what? I'm I'm buying it, guys. I am 100% in on the Boston Celtics. They look really good on defense. And it isn't just like some like one person that is totally like wrecking the whole thing. It's not a John Morant. It's not a, a Jokic. It's not an Embiid doing all these stats. They are playing as a true team. And Ime Odoka has made some defensive adjustments that are going to work in the long term. And it showed me that Ime Odoka is actually a really good coach who can make adjustments in the playoffs. Because he did something really great with this Boston Celtics crew. I'm very excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. That is actually all we have for tonight. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thank you, my friend. Thank you, everybody. John, thank you. Thank you, and whoever put up the outline, giving me all the Lakers is cruel. <laughs> and Sammy, thanks for being on, my man. My pleasure, and John, my pleasure. Do you want to plug uh, Diagnosing the Lines real quick? Uh, sure. So we're going to get started again this week looking at a combination of some things. We're looking at the futures for the rest of the season. So 
MVP race and how Harden coming over affects Embiid's status as the favorite. Also going to start looking at some same game parlays, uh, mixing combinations of points, assists, and rebounds that you can bet on during games rather than just taking the spread outright. So great options on DraftKings, and we'll be talking about that later this week. That sounds good, man. And you know, shout out to our video producer, RJ, the man behind the scenes. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you find your podcasts.